This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello. Welcome. It's Thursday. It's 3.03. It's Lori and Julia here on MyTalk 1071 Everything Entertainment. We're streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. You can also catch us on the MyTalk app. Any way that you find us, we're just happy that you're here. Lori's here. Julia is out. Rocco is out. I'm Holly. And filling in for Julia today. It's for my brand. Yeah. Farthered my, furthered my career farther than I have. So, well, Brittany, we had to go like PG and substitute witch because apparently that, you know, even though it's in the song and it's from Brittany's. I know. Brittany's mouth. It's a lyric. You know, I'm not going to cry censorship, but whatever. <laughs> Welcome to the program. I'm always happy to do the show with you and see your smiley face. And thanks for filling in for me when I was uh, on vacay. This- now Julia's on a vacay. I know. I my and Holly went on a vacay. It was just like, I don't know. It really felt like the most needed vacation. I guess it was because we haven't taken one. You yep. guys needed it. You guys needed it for sure. But anyone who has, I mean, it's been like a year pretty much for everybody. Yeah, I know. And you, you should know? take it where you can. It's like the vaccines. Take yes. it where you can get them and vacations. Yes. Take it where anything that starts with a V. Take yes. it where you can get it. Um, okay, this this story just made Casey and I laugh this morning. Oh, so fun. for whatever reason, <laughs> I got up like at 6.15, which in our house, six, like five four thirty to 7 is Casey's time. Because that's his time to roam around the house. Be be by making the coffee, watching his morning programs, having constitutional visits, you know, to the laboratory. <laughs> and different, does he go to a different no, side no, of the house? No, no, just sits downstairs. Yeah, that's and whenever I, I get up early, he always just, and, but this morning he looks at me and he goes, hey, Joey Heatherton. Because <laughs> I cut up all my hair. Oh, Sock it to me, honey. I know it. I know it. But so I was, uh, I really read everything in the paper. Just I was like really reading every article. And I remember in December when this story went viral about in Scotland, the, um, how they're, they they name their entire snow plow fleet. Oh, yeah. And they call their trucks gritties and their truck, they have gritty spears and gritty, gritty bang, bang. And so it led MnDOT to having a contest here. Okay. About what should the snow plow names be? I love this. Okay. And it, 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 it this beat it by quite a bit, the, the number one winner in the name, uh, snow plow. Um, they got twenty two thousand ideas. I love. Okay, 
That's awesome. That's awesome, right? And they winnowed it down to 50. And how many are we naming right now? Just one? Are we doing like one a year kind of thing? Uh, well, the one that got the most votes, and they said only one plow in the metro area will bear the name. Now, that right there is so Minnesotan. Yes. They've got all these great names. They could just name them all. I know. But we're going to be Minnesota and just dollop out a name every year. I, I know. Mean, I like the excessive, let's like uh, be like a scattered name. Name them all, but the one that won is Plowy McPlowface. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, Plowy McPlowface, and that got uh, like sixty three thousand votes, and uh, like one hundred twenty two thousand people voted. I mean, that's a lot. Here's some of the other ones. Um, um, oop or op, you know the yeah, yeah. op op. So just gonna plow right past you. That's cute. Duck duck orange truck. <laughs> <laughs> Plow Bunyan. Oh, that's that's cute. good. Snowby one Kenobi. Oh, that. See, I want that one. To I be. love that one. And F Salt Fitzgerald. Nice. Come on now. <laughs> Listen, Darth Blader. And in a nod to Prince, the truck formerly known as Plow. So that's. I like that one. Okay, we have to we have to use these. Aren't we can't these throw good? these out. What a fun contest! Plowy McPlowface. That, oh. that is probably my favorite it's out of all. It's good. It is good. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just a you know fun little contest. And then I I gotta, I mean I don't want to be shady or anything here, but um, you know someone uh, did something fun for Julia and I show. On social media, which has just made me laugh so much. You know what I'm talking about, Holly? Are you talking about the how do you say you're a LoJ fan by not saying LoJ? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's a big thing online. That's a big meme right now with all sorts of things. Oh, it is? Yeah. They didn't just do it for us? No. Oh, they did it for all the shows? Well, they have been doing it. I'm sorry and to burst And were we the bubble. last, probably the last one. That's more. No, no, you're second to last, I think. I don't <laughs> think they've done the morning show yet, so don't feel totally left out. Well, I just thought I didn't even have any idea that it was. Um, oh, that's, it's really cute. I went and looked uh, it up. Yeah. Tell us your low J listener without actually telling us. And you know what? People really know us. They really, really know us. Orgasmic haze, the poof. Ian Punnett, Julia, <laughs> of course, nipples. That's so random. It's, it's just random. Let me Hollywood speak that. Uh, state fair, summer camp, SWAS, notable Sa- obituaries. Why? Salad gate. Across the pond. Body we do perks. always say that. Yeah, you guys do. World's oldest teenager. Pant bouquets. I coined that. <laughs> I oh, love what that. What is a pant bouquet? Yeah. Oh. Let me tell you how awful Justin Timberlake is. Yes! <laughs> uh, Donna Mills, love is the law. Their cheek implant. Let me tell you about Natalie Wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be able to... Uh, mm, uh, sex Monday, thank you. And yeah, that's uh, sexual real estate. Yep. Vacation boobs. I mean that you came can, up. That came up at bowling last night. I made a confession to the team that I had vacation and pandemic boobs. I haven't worn a bra. Oh yeah, in a year since I was in Las Vegas a year ago, and probably had on like a fun nightclub top that yeah, I yeah. just wanted to wear, if nothing else, for a little extra warmth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I have pandemic and vacation boobs. 
It's it's bad. They're so they're they're. I don't know. I'll ever be able to wear a bra again. I know it's bad. I'm wearing a little kids version of a bra now because that's like the closest I can get to like putting on a full on full bra. Yeah. Well, Holly and I are we're 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 itty bitty club members. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm definitely an active member of that as well. You are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Look at it. Like no, you're not. no. I mean. When you lay down on your back, Brittany, do your boobs disappear? Yeah. Almost. I mean, <laughs> you guys, can I like, depends on where I'm at in life. Oh, but anyway, yeah, peop, so people know us. People know, know Isn't it funny? without even saying a thing. There's so many things that you guys say. That it's it's funny to see it written down, like biopic, like little things like oh, that. Oh, Julia, yeah, she really, like, she has to think about it for a second. Sometimes she phonetically writes out biopic. Yeah. I mean, you guys have, yeah. But a I lot. have heard other people call it a biopic. I mean, even though that's not. No, it's not a thing. But it is a thing because you guys Holly, made have you it ever thing. in Hollywood ever heard anyone called a biopic a biopic? No. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> it hasn't spread there yet? Not okay. yet. Yeah, not yet. Not west of the Mississippi. I I'm told sorry. her, I always tell her, I said, just think about it, about it, that it's a biography about a person. That's why bio comes first. Yeah. But she's like, that's the part I can never remember. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny. So, you know, I've been on a lot of different radio shows and I would say this is the number one where people ask me if you guys, what you guys are really like. Oh, what do you say? Oh, I always, well, first I always say, especially during the pandemic, I was like, it's my favorite place to go ever. And I said, yes, there are exa- I honestly think there's such a minimal difference to when we turn the mics off. Like the only thing is like, maybe we'll tell a little bit more secrets, but it's the exact same conversation. It's the exact same people, and that's Basically. Yeah. but with Julia with swear words. Although lately she's uh, really been on a roll here at this very <laughs> radio <laughs> station, and uh, feeling pretty bad about it. And I said, "Put on your middle child hat and deal with that situation." <laughs> I know right? we've been on the air too long for this kind of business. Yeah. You know? Anyway, all right. Well, I'm glad that you're here. Me too. Uh, when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Plowy McPlow face doesn't have to make another appearance at all this year. Same for the truck formerly known as Plow. Although we will get one more. Do we, There'll be some March snowstorm. If we see it, I mean, I have a military background. Do we salute it? Do we stop? Do we no. let one tear go down our you face? Wave, wave. You wave, you wave at or it. You just give it the old Jeremiah Johnson nod of the head. Yeah. The Robert Redford, good mm-hmm. for you. Should I look into the sun after I look at it? Yeah. Like, yes. I know. Or sunset, I mean. I know. I've done so much nodding and head raising. You know, I've really gotten good at making eye connection in my mask. And I very, I usually am always doing the up. Between the zooms? Not up. Zoom? Like, I see you, yeah. and I, I look at my eyes, I'm smiling at you. It makes I, you feel good. Yo, hands down. I learned this from my, uh, he's seven now, my nephew. I helped him with online school. I learned thumbs up will get you everywhere in yeah. life. Do yeah. more thumbs up. And you don't have to unmute yourself at a Zoom meeting, just give a thumbs up. You're walking at a Costco, somebody almost runs at you. Th- just thumbs up everybody. It's the, I now I do it constantly. Yeah, but in like emojis, thumbs up online, wasn't it on the housewives? Oh, yeah. They, they had a whole kerfuffle about that. Yeah. But I never heard of thumbs up being the bleep you. I always thought it was the middle finger. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. They did say that on 
But I think it but was I more of like of it. I think it was like she didn't explain herself to. It was like yeah. I think you can tell when the thumbs up is meant. That's when you know that the storyline is just they they needed oh, some bad. extra flame oh. when they start arguing about crap like that. It's bad. And don't I mean, even Nolly, have you ever heard of the thumbs up as being a, a bleep off sign no. to somebody in a in a message? Not in a message. No, yeah. no. Yeah, but it, it, you could tell it was a very passive aggressive. Like she said something she didn't like, and she just gave a thumbs up. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you could feel it in the convo. And don't even get me started well, about New Jersey. We won't get Good. started on that. We'll get started with um, Chris Harrison. You know, um, I he he hadn't issued a statement, and you know, when I left, yeah, for my vacation, I left on a gossip high. All I knew was Harry and Meghan. We're having a baby, I and know. I knew that Chris Harrison was probably in trouble, but I was just going to check out of all gossip, all news, and everything. And so I really left on a gossip high, you know, and then I come back, and whoa, found out all this stuff. And I couldn't believe that the one thing that Chris Harrison, because this he this all happened February 11th. Wow. After his extra interview with Rachel Lindsay, that he just had posted that. And I yeah. thought, why... Why isn't he just going on GMA and just apologizing right away? Yeah. Because um, The Bachelor already had problems because it was aggressively white and had been, as long as I can remember, uh, ever having a season. I mean, they they really have been very much an archetype, and it's been very, very uh, white. And yeah. I guess they figured that's what the audience researched, that, that what they could get at. Who knows what kind of stuff goes on behind the scenes with these casting decisions. But, um, you know, only uh, two days ago did extra or the... Uh, the executive producers at The Bachelor just two days ago. So this has been going on since February 11th. Yeah. They took a strong stance about Rachel Lindsay, who was the first black bachelor rat lawyer. She got a job on extra. She's the one she had this interview with Chris Harrison where she just asked him, how do you defend this Rachel Kirkconnell and all of her problematic ways and Matt is a black man and he's going to pick her How You know, she was yeah. like having an in-depth because she's in-depth. She's a bachelor nation. Yeah. She got picked to be the bachelorette. Yeah, she's the perfect she's one to interview. She's smart as hell, yeah. okay? Totally. And she just said to him, well, what would that have made me at this antebellum party when he was defending Rachel Kirkconnell uh, being there with a very condescending explanation? And then he gave another condescending, but I remember at the time thinking her lawyer laser-like question, what would that have made me at the party? Which, you know, that she could even think to like just say something that specific and pointed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Then he just, you know, uh, you know, nothing, nothing. And I thought, I remember thinking he's in trouble. So anyway, long story short, he has said nothing. Yeah. The Bachelor on Monday night, the Women Tells All lost a million viewers in one week. That's why Chris Harrison's on. He's with Michael Strahan, who mm-hmm. I was very impressed with the interview. Let's let's roll it up, Holly. It was a mistake. I made a mistake. This morning, Embattled Bachelor host Chris Harrison sitting down with GMA exclusively in his first interview since stepping aside from the franchise. Tonight, the journey begins again. After facing backlash for defending frontrunner Rachel Kirkinell, whose past racist social media posts show her liking a photo containing a Confederate flag and attending an Old South plantation theme party in 2018, she has since apologized for those actions. Thank you for holding me accountable. I, I'm so sorry. Harrison made this case to Rachel Lindsay, the show's first black bachelorette. It's not a good look. No, it's not a good, well, Rachel, is it a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021? It's because not there's a, a big good difference. look ever, because she's celebrating well, the old South. She's cel- if I went to that party, what would I represent at that party? I think the biggest surprise for a lot of people is that this season was supposed to be a, a turning point for the show. We had the first black bachelor in the franchise's history after two decades of being on the air. It was a move that had already been criticized as too little, too late by by quite a few people, but now it's being overshadowed by this controversy over racism, but not just by a contestant on the show, but also by its own host. And and you are the face of the show. So a lot of people, and I'm wondering, why would you defend Rachel Kirkinell? I am an imperfect man. Mm. I made a mistake and I own that. I believe that mistake doesn't reflect who I am or what I stand for. I am committed to the progress, not just for myself, also for the franchise. My guess, these girls got dressed up and went to a party and had a great time. They were 18 years old. Now, does that make it okay? I don't know, Rachel, you tell me. You said, quote, is it not a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021 because there's a big difference? So, so what is the, to you, what is the difference? Or is there, there one? There is not. Antebellum parties are not okay. Past, <laughs> present, future. Knowing what that represents right. is unacceptable. Anyway, uh, Michael Strahan, uh, he wasn't really buying it. He said, okay, that's the apology, but I feel like I got nothing more than surface response. It very much felt like he was reading cue cards, just like the bachelor in the same tone, the same inflection. I don't know. So he says that this interview isn't the last we're going to see of him, but we'll see what happens. I know. It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, well, that's a good way of putting it, Brittany. It'll (laughs) be interesting. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is the Low J Book Club, and we are really excited. We have like uh, a neighbor next door, Greta Kelly, who lives in Wisconsin. We've just read the very first book we've ever read by you, Greta, The Frozen Crown, which I know has two parts, and it's just so fantastic. So thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Greta, we have to, I got to be honest, this is not a genre that we usually read. We usually watch this, like, 
you know, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, and you know, we've we love watching, you know, epic kind of fantasy stuff on the screen. But I we've not read very much of this, and I knew nothing about, um, you know, your story or anything. But I absolutely loved this book. It was epic. Give people oh, a good. a setup of the story. Yeah, so The Frozen Crown is about Askia, a princess-turned-general whose country has been invaded. And to save her people, she leaves her armies behind and sails to a foreign court to beg its emperor for aid. But a different kind of war awaits her at court, where one wrong word can mean the end of both her people and her life. Oh, but I mean, you make it sound like kind of sterile, Greta. I mean, we've got sword (laughs) fights, we've got battle scenes, we have sex, we have... um, intrigue and backstabbing (laughs) it really you know i mean i i gotta ask you if you have like was this a hard book for you to get published or because you've written other books you already had a thing i'm always curious um about that well yeah actually this is my this is my debut novel so it is one that's been published yeah uh, but I had a couple of novels that I, I wrote before this that I just knew, you know, in my heart of hearts, this wasn't going to go anywhere. But when I came up with the idea for The Frozen Crown, I just, I had a feeling it was something special. So I'm I'm very happy it, it got to this point and it's out in the world now. <laughs> it, it, and you know what? I, I read it and absolutely loved it. And then my 22-year-old nephew um, read it and loved it and... Um, it's kind of like, you know, it's a fun book to be able to bond that you have that age range. <laughs> That's wonderful, yeah. You know, because I could, I really, first of all, you wrote a great heroine. And I will say for anyone who's you know, feels, sometimes people feel intimidated to read in the fantasy genre. When I first opened the book and mm-hmm. I saw the map and all the countries and lands and and then i just thought it's just like any historical fictional novel like by philippa gregory where she lays out all the families that she's going to talk about right i'm just going to read this page by page and enjoy the ride that i'm about to go on and that's exactly what it was good good yeah you know you try to start small especially when it's a fantasy novel to anchor the readers and not get people too overwhelmed. Right. I think a lot of people are a little bit intimidated by, especially when you think of a franchise like Game of Thrones, where there's eight million characters. Oh, I would never <laughs> so read that. I love, I loved reading <laughs> this book. I had no idea, honestly, where it was going to take me. I didn't know how much I would enjoy it, and I that is a hundred percent, you know, how you tell the story and everything. And then I had no idea that I, we would close the book and end on a cliffhanger, but the book is coming out in September. What happens? Yes, because you don't it, have to wait too long. I mean, you left us this, like a cliffhanger, like a television series. Yes, I'm a very cruel, cruel person like that. <laughs> I mean, I did. I just shut the book and I was like, I want to keep reading. So well, anyway, it's only a few more months. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And I really, I mean, they, I mean, you have a beautiful cover on this book. I mean, this, I think, I mean, I think your book is going to sell very well. I, I certainly hope so. I feel very blessed. I, my my publisher Harper Harper Voyager has been just amazing, and 
I actually got that cover art blown up into poster size. So it's oh, how in my cool. office right now. It's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's and beautiful. we, I don't know why, Greta, but our book club, which is Julie and I, we are both <laughs> absolute snobs about covers. Like, I won't. I like, think a lot of people are. Why is that? <laughs> Well, I think you consume so much, even food, with your eyes first. Okay. So, yeah. So it is you really, know. but you, you never, the author never do, did the authors ever get a say in okay and what the the representation of what your story is going to look like in that, that form? So my, my process is actually pretty collaborative. When I first signed my contract with the publisher, they told me to set up a Pinterest account and start saving mm. some of my favorite covers. Wow. Yeah, it was the best homework I've ever been given. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty collaborative in that way, and wow. I'm so happy with the result. And then do you, have a good, um, do you have a good agent who's shopping your story in Hollywood to Netflix or something? <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. I have an awesome agent, um, Stephanie Kim. She's wonderful from New Leaf Literary. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, someone will pick it up and you'll see it on Netflix in a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, the, those shows do very well. Um, like, I'm thinking of The Last Kingdom, which is on mm-hmm. Netflix about Uhtred of Bebenberg and the Dane sex. I mean, it's epic. Yeah. It's got violence, sex, intrigue, everything that your book has. I mean, it's that <laughs> kind of a story. And and how do we say our heroine's name? Askesia? I pronounce it Askia. Askia. Okay, Askia. Mm-hmm. She's um, terrific. Love her. Oh. oh, thank you. Me too. I, You know, I started writing her in, in 2016 um, before the darkest timeline began. Yeah. But it was so much fun writing a, a character like her who had to operate in a political arena, but had absolutely no respect or time for anything regarding politics. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of fun getting her into trouble and trying to finagle ways to get her out of that trouble. (laughs) Greta, so you have a lot of things going on in this book at the same time. Now, when you're writing something like this, do you keep those storylines all in your head? Or do you have to, I I would imagine in my mind that you would have like a wall full of timelines and things going on. (laughs) Is that something that you have to put, or is it just, just you know where this is going? Uh, No, I definitely do have notebooks that have um, all the various plot threads. So I kind of know, Mm -hmm. know what's happening at at the same time. I also plot pretty extensively before I start writing. So that helps me keep track of everything. So I kind of know, know what needs to happen next when I write. Okay. And if, if you could have traveled anywhere for research for the frozen crown, I'm just curious Putting everything else aside, no, all expenses, no pandemic. Where would you have gone <laughs> to research the frozen crown? What would have been the country? Well, I actually took a lot of inspiration from my travels when I studied abroad in college. I went to the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater, and they have a pretty good um, study abroad program there. Um, so I lived in Germany, and I got to study all through, or got to travel, excuse me, all through Eastern Europe mm. as well as North Africa. Mm. And that experience was just invaluable. I took a lot of the inspiration for the the empire that Askia sails to is called Vashir, and a lot of the capital city came from traveling through Marrakesh and Morocco. Yeah, that's so. I, I love traveling. Yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful because you really do paint um, 
the vivid picture of the two different kingdoms really quite I, you can see it. It's very evocative how, how you write it and everything. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful to hear. Oh, Greta, we truly mean it. Now, we have to ask you, what, what was the last uh, great book that you've had time to read? So I just finished reading Hall of Smoke by H.M. Long. And it's, it's funny you mentioned The Last Kingdom on Netflix because Hall of Smoke definitely has that vibe. It's like... um a story about Vikings, but in an alternate world. It's wonderful. Oh, really? If you've got the fantasy bug, you should check that one out next. Yeah, I, I really, well, I, I mean, I know for sure the next fantasy book I know I am reading <laughs> is <laughs> the next, what is the next Frozen Crown going to be called? It's going to be called The Seventh Queen. The Seventh mm. Queen, okay. And then that'll be it. So it's like, do you call that a duology? That's right. It is. Okay. So it's a complete story all told in one year, which is pretty unusual for, for books especially, but um, I'm happy it will turn out that way. Well, yeah. And uh, then next September, when we talk to you again, then we can like give people ideas <laughs> because you could just buy the duology and read them all at That's once right. and get uh, <laughs> satisfied. So, well, Greta, how, what was the first book that like got you into reading? Oh, gosh. Well, for me, it was kind of difficult to read early on. I was a dyslexic kid, so Mm -hmm. um, it took me a long time to get into reading. Um, But, you know, when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, I was maybe in middle school, and my dad made me read those books with him before I was allowed to go see the movies. Um, And I think that is really a huge reason behind why I'm such an avid fantasy reader and writer now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, yeah, that... That, that is just like such an epically told story, yeah. right? You know, yeah. <laughs> the inspiration. Well, I think that you've written just, you know, and really just an epic fantasy. And I enjoyed it so, so much. I, I can't even tell you. It was just a, a great, a great book and made me want to read more. And it did make me think I do like television shows in this g- genre and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it was kind of nice to like, oh, there are other because yeah. people do get into book uh, habits where you just like always read mysteries right. or yeah, you whatever it might be. But yeah. so it was really a nice, um, just like uh, it, just a, a glorious change of pace. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like your bio. Oh, thank you. That you have on your book jacket. So, Greta, how do people, like, if you do any book club things or appearances or just uh, any way that you like that people can um, follow you on social media? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Greta K. Kelly. And you can also reach me through my website. There's a form to contact me about appearances or book club questions. It's GretaKKelly.com. Greta K. Kelly, I like that. That's very memorable. (laughs) <laughs> all right well, well thanks guys <laughs> greta we'll talk to you in september for the seventh queen and <laughs> um thanks for the book recommendation and thanks for being on our show we appreciate it thank you so much have a great day okay bye we've got two copies of the book to give away 651-641-1071 we will be right back holly we've come up with a new job title or a new another another one of my uh Skill set that I am and enjoy that you were here. I'm an author fluffer. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's getting If an right. author is kind of tentative or they're new or they're mm-hmm. not good at self promotion or they're shy about yeah. 
whatever. And some people are, and some we're the author fluffer. You're good. Of course, the job description would be some kind of horniness. Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. On brand. Very much so. It'll add it to her title on her her little business cards. We'll put that. Ian, help it. Sex makes the world go round, and it informs. My worldview, obviously, quite. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I bet. <laughs> My Lord. Um, okay, well, here's... To, I don't. We don't usually do this, but I just thought these are worth uh, telling people tonight... Stephen Colbert has scored Jane Fonda and Kings of Leon are performing. That's pretty epic. And Kings of Leon, they're doing something. They're dropping an album in cryptocurrency uh, on Friday. And I don't know what that means, but it costs $50. And you'll get a vinyl record. You'll probably get a a chip. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Like well, the digital. An, an NFT. Yes. Oh. So they're the first band to do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like a piece of art that's exclusive to them. Well, Correct. I don't know. It's fifty dollars, yes. and you get NFT. And I just thought, is that a chip? Is it one of those things you plug into the, your computer? Is it a? Streaming? It's all digital. Okay. So an NFT is like a digital token or a digital piece of art, and it's worth fifty dollars. But you also get a vinyl album. Yeah. So you get you do get some merch. Some actual a vinyl album. Thing. That's yeah. like okay. Yeah, I think like they hit both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, people who want album, a physical and then a vinyl album, a too, vinyl specifically. too. Yeah, you got to go get then, a record player. Yeah. I then, do love those guys though. Oh yeah, they're fun. I saw Kings of Leon. I uh, it was after they not at First Avenue. That was probably the good show. Probably Rocco went to that show. I went when then they got like kind of big overnight and then they played at the target center. Oh, I bet it was fun. It was, it was, it was so, so fun. And, um, that they had so many great songs about sex too. Even sex on fire. I mean, it seemed like all their songs were about sex. I mean, so naturally Lori was there. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> but I, I feel like Casey and I went on, we took his son and his, uh, uh, I can't remember if they were married or not, but the daughter-in-law, you know, we went on like a double, Date night. Obviously, they didn't have kids. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, they're the type. It's kind of hard to imagine them in a small venue. So yeah, I I think it would be fun in both sides because oh. I, I bet you they did it big in the big venue. Oh yeah. yeah, they were just and I they looked so cute. They just look good. Yeah, yeah. They just look good on stage. Those guys are hot. Yeah, they sell sex in a couple different ways. For yeah, sure. they're hot and beautiful. Sex on Fire Which is, is such a great song. song. Like, I know I, it. They had that on um, Rock Band, you know, when you used to play yeah. that Rock Band. And I love that song. But now song. these guys, it's like, well, how many years since that? Well, you know, was that like 10 years ago? That was 2008. Eight? Okay, so it's a while ago and they have kids now and maybe there's been divorces and 
DWIs, maybe rehab. <laughs> maybe. Remarry. You know, I don't know. I don't keep up with the brothers. But uh, anyway, that's Jane Fonda and, and Kingsley Ann on Colbert. And then Kimmel has Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, he's great. He gives good couch. And Jimmy Fallon has uh, Sam Hugan, you know, from Outlander. Oh, okay, yeah. Jamie. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I just love him. <laughs> I don't know what he's promoting wow. if Outlander's coming back, but so there's some good... People are stepping up their games. Yeah, the late night stuff, people are getting uh, good guests, and geez, I feel so out of it. Are any of us watching WandaVision? Is anyone in the loop of WandaVision? Um, A little bit. I'm behind because I watch uh, randomly with when I watch my nephews, and so I force okay. them to rewatch it. Um, I know a little bit. It, it's wait, don't tell me anything, Holly. Are you watching this? I don't have Disney Plus, so see no, that I'm not. either. And I don't want Disney Plus, so yeah. therefore, I am just going to make a thing. Yeah. that I don't even want to know. <laughs> No, that's fine. And, About uh, WandaVision, because I have no intention no. of getting Disney+. Plus. And whenever I see the show, I just think, that looks so weird. It yeah. reminds me of being John Malkovich totally. or something like that, which I have a light appetite for. And are, are the Avenger world, Marvel Light Universe. Light appetite for okay, that. Okay, then, then stay out of this yeah, one, because yeah, this is like deep is Thor in it? Uh, no, he's not in it. Okay. And it so like this is like if you were watching Marvel and you thought to myself this min- this minuscule character I need to know her backstory and everything about her and all these random yeah. little Easter eggs and this is no if it ever comes to another network I'll check it out yeah and that's I'll, how I feel you know what everyone is watching though is WandaVision that and the streaming things only Firefly Lane is above it yeah 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 people love WandaVision. no it's Firefly Lane has had one point three billion views. Wow. wow. Bridgerton, 659 million as of last week. So they've been running for a little bit. WandaVision, 589. So it's like. It'll beat it eventually here. Well, maybe. I mean, how much appetite is there? You know, there it kind of feels like yeah. everybody is. The Crown is at 305 million, but you know, the Crown, that kind of people will go back and forth to that. Absolutely. Like Bridgerton, binge. Oh yeah, and then Long Longmire and Cobra Kai people were really watching. Yeah, Cobra Kai has been a long burn because that's been around for it's, such a long time. Well, yeah, so, I, I hated that last season. Yeah, I I, I was like not it. that into it. I didn't like it. I liked when he went to Japan. I think that it, was the best part when. Um, I think season Ralph. one for that the idea was so fun. It totally and then maybe it just was a blip, but it lost its yeah. way just a little tiny Agre- bit. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, and then what else? Oh, we do we have time just for one second? Um, of course. I don't know. I say of course as if I. Okay. Um, the the um, Jen Shaw, the Real Housewives of Salt of Lake City. Of okay. course, I know Jen Shaw. So I don't know if you guys know that website, that blogger Tamara Tattles. No. No, okay. She's kind of a good, she'll get a lot of Real Housewives tea. Mm. She got audio of Jen screaming <sighs> at her people, you know, while they were getting ready to tape the reunion. Yeah. Let me just read a little. <gasps> we can't play it because... Yeah. Um, Overuse of curse words ahead. So in the first audio, Jen could be heard screaming at her people to shut the bleep up. 
Get your bleep, bleep, I don't care. You have a bleeping place to lay your bleeping head because you're living in my house. You don't have to be disrespectful. How many bleeping hands do you need? It was all as people were getting her dress for the reunion. Where, where I'm sorry, uh, that ponytail would have hurt my head for filming for 12 hours. It looked exhausting. Everything, her dress. Everything. everything. I, her makeup makes my eyes, eyes hurt. hurt. They're just it, heavy. Yeah. Um, but are you, no, of course she yelled at them. She that's screamed. That's her character. I, I know it. I, that's, like, I, that's not surprising to so me So this at is all. just who she that's is. That's who she is. And guess what? Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, they know that. They know that. All They're, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know that Julia will stick with the show if they continue with that behavior. She really and I, has left every housewife franchise because <laughs> of the the fights in the screams, which is exactly why I stay. I stay with, I'm with you on that. All right. We'll be back.